Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Welcome back, everybody, for another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And I I just get more excited every second when I talk to our guest today, Deborah Westbrook. Deborah's from California. And those of you who are with us, you've heard three episodes with Deborah and me, and today's the fourth one. And welcome back, Deborah. Glad to have you here. Thank you, Paul. It's an honor to be here, a real honor. Anyone who speaks, when you ask someone to join a podcast, they change in the process of just being on too. That is so true. And I want to just jump right into it. You're focusing and well, by the time people hear this, it, w- it will be in 2021, but you're focusing on your YouTube and channel and your Tuesday afternoon, four o'clock Pacific time meetings. You're talking about quantum overflow. So I'm just going to, I'm going to let you tell us what that is and what it means and how it's affected you personally. Thank you so much. Uh, someone spoke to me recently that I have to incorporate more stories. And I think that from my own pain and my own woundedness of many years, I've hesitated telling stories because you're getting very personal. And when you put yourself out there, you're subject to rejection, you're subject to risk, but you have to go for it because in this reality of quantum, it isn't just conceptual. The reason I called it quantum overflow is because when I study and when I read, and I love this, this is interwoven in my life. As I read this, It is affecting me and the overflow of my studying of this and energy and oneness and union is producing rest and peace and joy. And it produces it within my life so much that I now know what my sweet spot is. You know how in tennis, if you've ever played tennis, if you've ever hit that ball right in the racket where it's supposed to be, it goes over that net effortlessly. And I think that's what the Lord wants for us in rest. So he looks at me and he says, Deborah, you're close, but there's still some things you're holding on to, these lies you believe. So it's like he says, I'm going to help you find that sweet spot where you are just going to absolutely love being you. And I think that that's where the Lord wants us, that in him, he has created such beauty. So this quantum overflow is the effects that I'm seeing of all this studying in a very particular mode of science and math and energy, frequency, resonance the interconnectedness of all things, I am seeing such a change in my life and it's been manifest in very distinct ways. When you come from a life of deep rejection, you know, from people that are like emotionally absent, you write a script for your own life and then you're the central actor and you say the same lines over and over and over. And so when I talk quantum, how people see me is not often how I always am. When God says to say something, I am on fire. But as soon as I get off that Facebook Live, I struggle with insecurity, like who would want to really listen to me? So it's like there are still those lies that are forming in my life that the Lord is like extracting and he's extracting them through his love because those wounds force you down a certain path. 
a path of repetition. Those words replay themselves so powerfully in your mind that you are able to preach a topic while still not believing the topic you've preached. And so it's like, I have seen that in ministers. I've seen the pain in people that they put on this happy face. So in 2021, my quantum overflow is telling stories of practically how this is changing me, how this is healing me. So I've seen the power of words. What people don't know is that I'm a strong word person. I've had a really strong education. I went to incredible schools and I knew how to deflect. Like if people would say something, I knew how to cut it down with words and take them in a different direction to avoid my own exposure of my own inadequacy. So what the Lord is showing me is this depth of how wonderfully I'm loved, how this worthiness is going to produce an excellency in me of my brilliance. And that's not pride. That is the ultimate humility to think that God would use such a broken vessel to shine forth. And so I am more excited than ever. And it starts with the power of words because I did not know how to speak them properly in years past and used, I was very negative, very controlling. It's ironic to me how then the Lord uses everything wrong that you were and turns it for his glory. And the more I see that in my life, the more I laugh. My only message to people, I'm 66, good genes. I say to people, it's going to be okay. It always is okay. God always gets us through these things. He does indeed. And Deborah, that makes me think of the apostle Paul back when he was Saul. And and I, I can certainly relate to this in my life. I think God—I'm not trying to play God here, but it, it just seems my observation is that God takes those of us who've been so far down a road of destruction that, I mean, we, we're really convinced is right. And then when he appears to us in whatever form, however that is, we see that, oh, man— Everything I believed in, everything I thought, the way I've been and everything is not right. I've got to do a 180, which, of course, is metanoia. And then he gives us the power to do that. The, the goodness of God leads us to metanoia, to repentance, to changing our mind. And then he gives us the power to do that. But I see, and, the, and there's so many examples of that in Scripture, I see that God, uh, you talked about using broken vessels, it almost seems like the more ensconced we were in something, whether it's a, a workaholic or whatever it is, the worse we were at that, the more we then have to give because we of all people can see the destructiveness of it. Yeah. And let me challenge people with something. This may challenge some of you tremendously. I don't know. God doesn't always speak within me in these ushy love, like, no, sometimes it's challenge. And he's saying, get rid of this. Let's get rid of this. And so my father, the image of my father through quantum has changed. This big God, if he has created the totality of this universe, how much more does he sit with me? So I no longer, yes, I climb on Papa's lap. I'm all for that. But there are many times where the Lord sits at the table and says, come on daughter, let's sit down, let's talk. And so I'm a visual person. I more steer like I see pictures. So this Christ within me says, let's sit down and address some of these issues. And I've never avoided them. And I would encourage those that are listening, don't run from yourself. 
Do not run from yourself. God is not out for destruction. He's out for a change of mind, a change of heart. And that's what, when I saw the interconnectedness of quantum and the union and all his energy, it just, it formed such a love for myself first and then for people. And I became not tolerant because I still like to challenge people. I became more discerning and astute of where people were. Like I've always been somewhat of a discerning person. And like when you look in a person and rather than always telling them, maybe we need to get a little bit more specific and challenge people. Maybe they're going to get mad at us a little bit, but God's going to use us to challenge people that love is this powerful, powerful change agent to change our mind. And so when I look at a person, I look and see what's in them, what sound they've been listening to. And then I see how I can change it. I've done it wrong. In all my life, I've done years and years of it wrong, but now you know when to speak. So it's like, it's such a change and transformation. Just don't run from yourself. I think that that's what I'm hearing the spirit say within me. We're running from ourselves through too much noise, too much comparison, too much um, trying to hook onto everybody else. We have to stop, turn around and look at ourselves. All the good, all the bad, everything we perceive is wrong with us. And all we're going to hear from the Lord is you are loved. Let's change this. So that excites me. I'm old enough now. We're like, I'm in my 60s. Nothing (laughs) bothers me as much. Let me help these young people know they're going to be okay. Well, yeah. Gosh, so much swirling through my mind. But I, you know, I think about what you said earlier about Jesus that I I only do what Papa tells me to do and I only say what he says and, and then crawling up on his lap, listening to him, different things. I, I think of one time I was really struggling with something and it was something that was a good thing to do and I just was confident I was doing it. It was a project that I was working on and it, it just wasn't coming together and I, I was getting frustrated with it and I was asking God to help me and, you know, nothing happened. And so finally I just stopped and I got quiet and I said, okay, Papa, what do you want to say to me? And this wasn't condemnation. It wasn't shame. It was, I'm sure it was with a twinkle in his eye. He just said, I never asked you to do this to begin with. Yes. yes. <laughs> Amen. Well, yes. Well, okay. then. I think I'll just stop, you know, and I just stopped it and I didn't, didn't go any further with it. And being able to let that go and let go the time that I've put in it and everything is, is really a gift from God. But he wants to tell us those things. He wants to show us what we need to stop doing, quit doing. And it's it's always for our benefit. I call it, I know that I know I'm in the midst of this season right now. I'm in a season of subtraction and addition, which is funny because I'm a math person. So how else would God say that to me? He uses equations. So he knows me so well. He says, you're going to get rid of some stuff and you're going to keep some stuff because you have the tendency to just be so broad, but to find our authentic self, to find that sound that resonates first from him within us, then able to speak it, We have to know, like, what are we adding and what are we saying let go? So I realize now that I don't have to be a jack of all trades, a master of none. I think that God is taking all of us on certain paths. And like a river, when we come together, the sound is going to be the sound of the Lord over the waters. And that refers to sounds of nations, sounds of cultures. I think our true unity in the body of Christ will come when we found our unique sound, not when we hook onto someone else's. Because... It's like, I feel like in my own life that deep within me, God is saying, there are people waiting to hear your sound. Don't hold back. Only you can speak you. So again, I want to tell people, don't be afraid. Please don't be afraid. 
And people, we're hard on ourselves. We judge ourselves. I do this with myself. I have been confronted by that with people. And all I have to say with them is, yes, they love me enough to tell me. You're too hard on yourself. So we have to start listening to one another. Get rid of the naysayers. Get rid of the negative people. But find people you can really hook into. The truest form of relationship you will ever have are people that can speak truth into your life when you don't want to hear it. <laughs> and that's where I am. <laughs> that is so true. You know, I want to draw on my music background for a minute that you alluded to before. When I was in college, I was a, I had a double major in music education and in trumpet. So I took hour-long trumpet lessons, two a week for five years. And, uh, you know, I practiced a lot and I devoted my time to it. When I first came to the University of Kansas, we had a great trumpet teacher. And, you know, I was a good high school trumpet player and I had a lot of technique uh, and everything. But shortly after we started studying together, I hope this isn't so complicated that people can't understand it. But shortly after we started studying together, he had me play a note and just hold it. And he said, now, find the sweet spot in that. I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, lip it up a little bit, make it go a little sharper and a little flatter and just mess around with it until you find the exact sweet spot. And I said, well, don't we do that with our tuning slide? And he said, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you play a note, your trumpet, the way it's built, it's going to resonate. It's going to give a beautiful, pure sound when you find that sweet spot on each note. Well, you know, of course, there, there are 13 notes in a chromatic scale, and in a trumpet, you can play maybe three octaves of that. So it starts with one note and listening and just listening and moving it around a little bit and then getting to – and you can feel it. You can just feel the difference. You can feel the difference in your trumpet and yourself and the sound that you're hearing. And once you hear that, <laughs> you don't want to go back. That was incredible. We could team preach that. <laughs> As you, I mean, I'm trying to focus on the audience and you, but I'm in my mind going, let me write that down. Let me write that down. Because there's so, that is chock full of principles. What you're basically saying to people is be yourself. Don't be, and, and being yourself is a journey with the Lord. It's not like suddenly you arrive and we go to Facebook and we say, I'm in union. I'm loved. I'm not sure I believe everybody that's saying that actually knows what that means, because I myself was saying it and didn't know what it meant. But as I'm coming into an awareness of that sweet spot, it's giving me so much peace that I could recognize there's no jealousy, there's no competition. I'm just looking for me. That's why I want to surround myself with people that are also looking mm -hmm. for themselves. And I could speak into that uniqueness. And people think that they're quirky or they're irrelevant. That is such a lie. I find I can get something from everybody, even the guy that came to fix my internet yesterday, who sure. sat three hours with me. And as he left, I began to just speak life to him. And he looked like I was speaking something so outrageously profound. And I'm going, I'm just telling you, you must have had good parents because you are a great young man. He says, you think so? And I'm like, yeah, those were words of life. He left smiling, going, man, this has been a good day. So see, we don't have to be so profound. The profound things will come in profound words. They'll also come in very simple words. Yeah, well, simple is profound. And you go back to quirky or whatever. As I mentioned to you before, I copied one of your posts that, uh, you know, God has made me a little bit quirky and a little bit this and a little bit that. And that's all good. 
And I was really thinking about that because I have some people in my life, as we all do, who would like to change us to the what they expect we should be and you, you shouldn't be so quirky so let's you know let's work on that well they're taking away our sweet spot to try to make us into what they think we should be and I'm not condemning people I think we all do that to some extent but being aware of that and and having the foundation the confidence of maybe we don't get in their face and say this but realizing nope that's who papa made me to be when they took their time before the beginning of creation, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and with each one of us focused their intention on us and decided, you know, okay, I'm going to make her a little quirky here and a little good in biology here and good in math there, and she's not going to like this or, or whatever. I mean, that's good. I mean, that's who we are. That's our sweet spot. And living out of that is when we're in tune, when we're vibrating in tune with the Holy Spirit. And there's actually a musical term for that. It's called sympathetic vibration. I don't know if you've ever done this or not, but you can take a, a guitar, like an acoustic guitar, set it on a piano bench by the piano and pluck the A string on the guitar. And that same note on the piano not even touching guitar, will resonate. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you listen enough, you can hear it. If you have eyes to see, you can actually see that string on the piano vibrating. It's called sympathetic vibration. And the Holy Spirit in us, when we hear truth, that vibrates with our spirit. And it's that sympathetic vibration. It's that resonance. And it also resonates with the Holy Spirit in someone else who doesn't even know that the, the Holy Spirit is in them, have never heard of the Holy Spirit or Jesus or been to church or whatever, but truth resonates with truth. And encouragement and telling this young man that he's a good young man, that resonates, and it, it brings life to people, brings joy to people. Well, I have the perfect story. I know we're getting close to the end. In my charismatic days, moving in the prophetic, I learned a lot. I do not downplay that in any way. I just think the focus is changing a little. I remember being in this meeting once and I got always uh, used me with prophetic song. I, that's why I love music. And I could hear the song of the Lord and I became aware of music through teaching the spirit more than in natural teaching. So I was in this one service once and this is me. I'm an experiential type of gal to prove a point that God loves people. So I, I knew these four people and no pre-knowledge of this. I said, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. I said, let's create a symphony of prophetic song. I'm going to start, and then you're going to follow with what the Lord is saying and singing through you. So we did that. Two of them had really incredible voices. I knew that, but also felt led. And as we began to sing, we sang a prophetic word all in unity as one built upon the other. I've also been in a service where the Lord said to me to touch their hearts. You're going to have to sing the message. He said, open to the book of Ephesians, let them stand up, lift their hands, and we're going to sing Ephesians 1. And I did that too. So I am, it is the experiences of God that have drawn me out of religion, not into craziness, but led by the spirit into on wonder. So that's my quirkiness and I'm loving it now. I want to check challenge and encourage people to love their quirkiness. Quirkiness is your own perception of how God's made you that people try to stifle and put down. Don't let them do that to you. Please don't let them do that to you. That's That will really kill your life. And I just want to bring out that side where they're kind of astonished in who they are. 
even if it doesn't work right the first time, <laughs> I've started prophetic songs where I had to stop and go, okay, I do not know where I'm going in this. Take risks, take chances. The Lord is always in you and with you. It's wonderful. Like, just go, move, live, have your being in Him. As you've been saying all this, I've been wanting to say, amen, preach it, sister. <laughs> I, want that, I want that back in my life on a different level and because I loved those times because it was like when people were looking onto this, onto these people singing, they were going, how is this so good? And it's because we moved away and we just let the spirit and the spirit was able to take their hearts with the sound. And I still remember it to this day. I loved it. I'd like to do that with you sometime, being a group that does that. It's a, wow. And that goes hand in hand and sympathetic. Like, what about sympathetic pains? You know, how we feel someone else. That, sure. yeah, so, yeah. There's so much in music. I don't know that I love. And, and one last thing, if I may say this, God is healing that wound. So I'm not at all. I know why we're doing this. Because I was always musical, our whole family was musical, but the Lord told me that wasn't going to cut it. So right when I was learning piano, my father sold the piano. So I started taking piano lessons again when I was older, and they would always say to me, man, you can just read these notes really fast. So I have an innate understanding of music, but no classical training. And I don't really want to go into that, but I love music. So I love hearing what you just said about that sweet spot. I really get that. Cool. Well, sometime we'll talk about the difference between jazz and being classically trained. It's like the difference between grace and law. With jazz, you have the freedom to improvise, to create. You don't have to stick with... There is a form and a key that you're in and a tempo and everything, but then you have the freedom to create. And uh, I spent years trying to undo the classical training that I had musically in order to be able to play jazz. And now I'm spending years undoing the uh, religious training that I had in, in order to be free and experience love and joy and peace and grace. So it's, it all ties together. Well, Deborah, by the time people hear this, it'll be 2021, and you'll be back for Pacific time in the afternoon. Tell us where that will be and what happens there and how we can join you. DeborahWestbrook.com is the website. Deborah Westbrook, Facebook, YouTube. You can just join me on Tuesdays. And my heart is taking these quantum concepts and really encouraging people to think out of the box of what they're currently thinking. And this has been exemplified in this message, because I feel like in this podcast, I've really been me. I am like, I study a lot, but I want to make it simple for people. I want them to be the creative expression of Christ Jesus in the earth. And I am like my dogs. I'm like a bulldog. I'm like relentless in seeing you be you. So, and like, I, I don't, it's almost like I'm going to challenge. So join me in 2021. It's going to be a great journey. I see good things happening in my study of this. I'm more refined now. I know the direction I'm going and I'm going to enjoy it. And I hope they will too. Well, they will. That's wonderful. I'm looking forward to it too. Uh, Deborah, thanks again for being with us. You're welcome. Thanks everybody for being involved, listening to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.